congratulations to the new number one contender for the SmackDown Women's Championship, Shayna Baszler. And now, another edition of Top Rope Report. Here's your host, Mr. Trivia. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another live edition of Top Rope Report here on Facebook Live, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. I'm your host, the illustrious Mr. Trivia. Joining me every week as usual, my co-host, my tag team partner, my best friend, the best in the business, Greg. Greg, welcome. Yep. I think, uh, I think this, uh, new regime of Triple H is, uh, working out pretty well. I mean, they've had, what, two or three shows now under his guidance, and I think they've all gone pretty well. Well, they've had more than that, but... I mean, Vince McMahon has been gone for now almost a month. So Triple H stepped in when Vince McMahon stepped away. So it's been more than three shows. But we're, we're seeing the effects more over the last three shows. Obviously, I mean, it's not like... He took over on on Friday, just a Saturday morning for SummerSlam, and made a phone call to Dakota Kai and Io Shirai and said, "Okay, uh, I need you in Nashville in four hours." I mean, y- you know, it, that 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 didn't happen. You know, it's right. something that negotiations have to happen. Contracts need to be signed. Whether or not Io Shirai was still or Io Sky, whatever, it was still in a contract and just not being used. Well, we know Dakota Kai was not under contract, so legalities have to happen. So this is stuff that that started a few weeks ago when Vince McMahon retired, and oh, excuse me, Stephanie and Triple H took a more on hands action with WWE. Right. I, yeah. Because something like that, you know, you gotta plan that in advance. And it's not one of those things where, like you said, you know, they just pick up the phone and say, hey, get here, and all of a sudden they show up. Right, so that's what I'm saying. He hasn't been in charge only for the shows that we saw last week, SummerSlam, Raw, and SmackDown. We're just now seeing the effects of him taking over weeks ago. Yep. Uh, Before we get the show started, talking about SmackDown, Scott left a message saying, I heard that one possible way that Roman will lose the belts is if he wants to take some personal time off. Do you think that'll happen? How much more fucking personal time off does the guy need? He was just off for three months. I know. I mean, if if he wants to take personal... Just go away then. Lose your title and disappear. Just go. I I mean... Come on, Roman. I mean, I'm not trying to... You know... Nothing gets Scott's question. I, I'm nothing gets Scott's question. If Roman wants to take more personal time off, then just leave. Become the part-time wrestler that you've always said you were never going to be. You show up every week, blah, 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 and then just go home. Lose your belts to Drew McIntyre. Go home. We'll see you as the number 30 entrance in the Royal Rumble. And you'll just become 2022-2023's new Brock Lesnar and only show up when you feel like it. 
about his illness so I don't think all of a sudden he would just disappear because he had another flare up and not say anything oh okay alrighty alright so I'm ready to get in and talk about Smackdown if you are alright um well it started out with like 38 minutes of SummerSlam recap video, it seemed. It lasted forever. Um, who's go, Who's talking about the first match? Um, I'll let you go. Okay. Dave, thanks for tuning in. So they then went to, like, a telestrator where um, Pat McAfee was drawing this, doing that. You know, making fun of, you know, bum-ass Corbin. Um, and then they showed Corbin backstage with a bunch of people laughing. And he then got in the face of Ricochet, who's now has a... He used to have just, like, one of those, you know, neatly trimmed, formed beards. Now he's actually looking like he's growing. Maybe he's going to become the third Viking Raider by the end of the year um, thing going on. And uh, led to a match between Happy Corbin and Ricochet to open, quote-unquote, open SmackDown. Um, This actually was a good match. Um, I wasn't expecting much from it. I think it just goes to prove that Ricochet is an exciting competitor. Pretty much, it seems like no matter who you put him in the ring with, He's going to work well with because he adapts to everybody that he seems to wrestle. Um, Baron Corbin, once again, Happy Corbin, Bum-Ass Corbin, whatever you want to call him. Um, Corbin has always been um, the consummate professional in WWE. No matter what they want him to do, he does. Even if it doesn't seem like it's going to be best for business which I think they kind of realized when he became that down and out. I lost my house, lost my car, lost my wife. You know, wore the same shirt with stains and everything all over it. Um, I think they realized that that Corbin was horrible, so they came up with a storyline to change it. Um, But the match was really good. I'm already done with the Pat McAfee chopping down Happy Corbin thing, unless, God, I hope not, but unless it were to lead to one more match between the two, okay, you fought him at SummerSlam, you beat him, 
You've now made fun of him on this SmackDown. Next SmackDown, I'm done with it. I don't want to hear it anymore. But I'll give the match a B as in boy. Okay. Um, I agree with you, uh, grade-wise. But I just think, I mean, I'm sitting there watching the chain. How many times are they going to show Pat McAfee kicking Baron Corbin in the nuts? They must have showed that like 10 or 12 times. Well, that, that's what I mean. I'm, I'm done with it now. It's over. Exactly. And Ricochet, like you said, Ricochet can go with the best of them in the WWE. Um, I thought it was a good match. Could have went either way. I'm kind of glad that, you know, I mean, there was some interaction between Corbin and Pat McAfee, you know, in and out of the ring, just words. I'm kind of glad that right. nothing was involved physically. I gave it a B plus. Okay. Um, after that, they then went to the match, um, with Ludwig Kaiser versus, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, where if Nakamura won, he earned himself an intercontinental title fight. Um, Trib, what'd you think of the match? Uh, I thought it was a decent match. Um, I thought Ludwig Kaiser was, you know, a little bit better than he is. Um, but then again, he's facing Nakamura. Nakamura's a, you know, prolific superstar. I thought it was a decent match. Could have, you know, like I said, just like first match, could win either way. Uh, when they made the stipulation that if Nakamura had won the match, he was going to get a title match, in my mind right there, you knew automatically that Nakamura was going to win. Because they're setting, they're setting something up between him and, uh, so... But I think that would be, I thought it was a, a decent match. I mean, I don't, I really don't want to see another one of those matches between the two of them again. They've had like two or three already, and Kaiser hasn't won one yet. Or yeah, he won one, I believe. So, I gave the match a C plus. Okay. Um, so, you thought the match could go either way. But as soon as you knew that Nakamura could get an opportunity, you knew he was going to win. So then how did you know the match could go either way? It wasn't going to go either way. It, there was no chance it was going either way. It was always going to be Nakamura no matter what happened in the match. Well, during the match, it looked like it could have gone either way. No, it couldn't have. It couldn't have. You, If you have been following WWE for any more than three months, you would have known in this storyline that Nakamura was going to win the match and face Gunther in a future opportunity. There was no chance that Ludwig Kaiser was going to win. Um, I, I'm also by your op a little confused by opening statement. Are do you, Did you not think... Like you said... I thought he was better than he is. Do you think he didn't show good wrestling in the match? I just thought Ludwig Kaiser was a little bit more vicious in NXT than he is now. His wrestling skills are still the same. He's a good wrestler. Okay. Because that, that, one, that one, I don't even know, it looked like a sideways suplex... That he gave to Nakamura that I, I don't even know what the fuck it was. I'm like, holy shit, what the hell was that? I mean, the guy is, is really good in the ring. I think he would have 
Um, I don't know, mild success. Ooh, excuse me, still eating my bagel. Um, mild success on his own or, or as featured wrestler. Um, but I'm 100% going to give the exact same grade as you, a C+. I was disappointed in this match. I think we could have gotten more out of both competitors. Um, yeah. I, if they did away with that five-minute video package about SummerSlam at the beginning and then the three minutes that they showed the video of the Usos and Roman Reigns showing up in the beginning to all that extra rhetoric. It was like 12 minutes into the show when we were finally getting wrestling. You could have cut some of that out and given a few more minutes to this match, which maybe could have made this match a little better. But I'm going to 100% agree with you on the C+. Alrighty. Mr. 24-7's uncle responded, Corbin should have gotten his butt handed to him. Thanks for the comment, Bill. That's the uncle of Mr. 24-7. So. But yeah. Yeah, Corbin needs to go, yep. Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna gracefully disagree with that because you need quote unquote losers that are reputable so you don't have which we'll get into later opponents like we had of the Viking Raiders. I'm gonna right. stop right there with that statement about the Viking Raiders. We'll get to that in a little while. But yeah, yeah. you need people that are good losers. And that's what Baron Corbin, Happy Corbin, Bumass Corbin is. Right. Then we then went to the women's portion of the match, um, of the of the program, where we had a promo in the ring with Liv Morgan, which then led directly to the seven-woman number one contenders gauntlet match. Um, do you want to take the promo first, then go to the match, or do you just want to take it all in one felt sweet? Uh, We'll do the promo first and then go to the match. Okay. Um, a lot of people have been, were all over social media about the promo. Um, late Friday and a bunch Saturday. Um, like I've said before, I, I, I mean, I do a lot of the social media platforms, watch them all. I, there's a lot of people that I see on um, TikTok to release videos, and I've been reading a lot more Twitter. And WWE fans are getting hate from other WWE fans for booing Liv Morgan during a promo. Um, I thought she ad-libbed very well. Um... When she was getting the booze, because she stopped, you could see the, not only the emotion in her face, but you could see oh, right to the left, or sorry, the right uh, on the TV screen, to the right of Liv Morgan, a very disgusted looking Kayla Braxton. Um, 
thoroughly, and and she even put on on Twitter that she was thoroughly disgusted and disappointed with the WWE universe for booing Liv Morgan. Um, somebody that's worked so hard to get where she is. Great, you know that's all fine and well. She worked really hard. Did she deserve to win Money in the Bank? Sure. She's worked her tail off the last year, year and a half. Um, was it good for her when she beat Ronda Rousey? Absolutely. She's the champ. But through her entire title reign, to me, it's like that, that little girl that won her first beauty pageant at age 12. And just wearing her tiara everywhere she goes. Talking about how she won the beauty pageant. Okay, you won. You have your tiara. Shut the fuck up about it and move on. Yep. And then she's in a match where she's the champion. And it was a short match. Well, it, was, it wasn't even a five minute match if I remember correctly. And right. she got dominated left and right by a contender. And then, really, she lost. But she didn't because the referee didn't see her tap out. And her bullshit statement that, oh, I thought I only tapped because I thought because the referee counted to three. Okay. Yeah. And, And people love rooting for the underdog. That's what we do. That's just like the NCAA tournament. You root for that number 15 or 16 seed that's down by 45 in the second half because they're the underdog. Liv Morgan was the underdog. Now she's top of the mountain, but she's still asking like, you know, she's down the bottom looking up. Um, That's why I think she was booed. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm actually going to give the promo, I'm going to give it a B minus. Um, not that the promo was that good, but just her reaction and the way she was able to ad lib her promo by saying, Hey, I agree with you. I mean, I, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then went back to her probably scripted promo. Um, so kudos for her for being able to. Pick something up on the fly. Yep. Um, yeah, uh, Bill, we, you know, we get to your comments after we're done discussing the topic we're on, but I think Bill was answering your your questions as you, as you were going along. Like, did she deserve to win the bet, the Royal Rumble, or the Money in the Bank, and, and whatever? Um, but, no, I agree with you, Greg. I mean... I don't know. I don't know who Robin is. Robin needs to go. Oh, Roman needs to go. Okay. I I agree with you hundred percent. Yeah, I thought she did a good job on the promo. You know, admitting that she tapped out, but she said she didn't tap. She only tapped out because she didn't. It was a three count, which right. we know was before the three count. Um, but at, at first, I thought that that was going to be the start of a heel promo from Liv Morgan. But Why? then I realized, no, they're not going to make her a heel. No. 
No. I mean, she, no. She can't. I really think that she, in my opinion, I was kind of glad that she won the match, but I thought she should have lost it to Ronda. Well, that's here or there. I think they're saving it for something special. But I, I agree with you. I agree with your grade and, and everything else on the promo. All right, then they went to the seven-woman gauntlet, where in the match was Natalia, um, Zia um, Lee, Shotzi, Sonya Deville, Shayna Baszler, and Aaliyah. Um, what'd you think? Uh, well, the first match, you want to go match by match? Or just talk about the whole thing? I don't know what you mean match by match. It's a gauntlet match. There's seven people that competed in the gauntlet match. It's it's one match. So I don't know what you mean match by match. Okay. Alright. Um, I thought the gauntlet match was pretty good. I mean, Sony Deville started off against Aaliyah and then, you know, Raquel Rodriguez I got it right this time. Uh, Raquel Rodriguez came out, and I thought she was going to run the table after she came out until she got to the last match. I think her and um, Shayna were the best of the matches of the gauntlet match. And um, I don't know, I just thought that it was a pretty decent gauntlet match. Not one that I'm used to seeing, and then. But a lot of gauntlet matches I've seen were with the guys. I didn't see very many gauntlet matches with males, with uh, females. But I gave it a C plus. Oh, okay. Um, my issue with gauntlet matches, which actually was a real issue for me in this one, is okay, there's seven competitors, which means five, what, six matches. It was over in like 20 minutes, which gives two to three minutes per segment, whatever you want to say. It just goes by too quick because you need to get it through quickly because you're on a two-hour television show. It, it almost seems it should be better to be on Raw where you have more time. Um, but when you're really trying to fire many things through on SmackDown, it, it all just seemed very rushed, very, very quick. Um, the only two parts of this match that stuck out to me were Sonya Deville's promo in the beginning and, and her actually getting a chance to wrestle um, shows that I think with good consistent work she could be something bigger as a competitor in the women's division, then she's being utilized. And then once again, I, I 100% agree, Shayna Baszler versus Raquel was the other memorable part of this match. I mean, oh, excuse me. I, I honestly, Xia and Shotzi, I mean, if I, you know, if I didn't have it right in front of me, I may not even remember they were there. Aaliyah, I remember because she started it. With um, Sonya. 
And then, you know, Natalia was Natalia. And uh, I'm, I'm glad Shayna was given the win. I'm interested in seeing how they use her over the next few weeks leading up to Clash at the Castle. Because right now, if I if Clash of the Castle was right tonight and we were making our prediction show, right now, I might lean towards Shayna Baszler taking a belt off a of lib. But I want to see how the crowd starts to react to both Shayna and Liv over the next few weeks. Because I think that will help push creative in the direction they want to go. Do they want to have the return bout of Rousey and Liv Morgan after Rousey's suspension is complete? Um, or do they want to go forward with what I think could be a great feud and Ronda chasing a champion Shayna? Um, maybe, maybe it's time for Shane to get her hands on the belt. Liv's got her chance and it doesn't look like she's doing much with it. Um, but I'm, I'm only going to give the match a C minus just because it was all too quick and there was nothing memorable about this match. All right. Mr. 24-7 has joined us. Welcome, DJ. What up, yo? So we, got, <laughs> we got DJ, we got DJ and his uncle in the chat room. Um, after that, we then went to a, I guess you'd call it a match, um, the Viking Raiders versus the Popcorn Bender and the Souvenir Stand Worker. Um, I thought they looked familiar. Huh? I thought they looked familiar. Yeah. And, I, I mean, with everybody, the WWE has on their roster... Why do you still have to use enhancement talent in these matches? Put Los Lotharios in the ring. Have the Viking Raiders demolish. They're the new and improved, you know, vicious Viking Raiders or whatever they are. Right. So let them destroy a real tag team. Not some right. local talent. Um, the match was horrible, it was quick, it was stupid, yeah, it showed the Viking Raiders could be dominant, but once again, that's like putting the Dallas Cowboys against, um, uh, what the hell is their, Lyman Hall, whatever they are, I can't even remember what Lyman Hall is now, in a football game, you know, okay, we use Marin Raiders, it's obvious that the Marin Raiders would dominate the game, so why even put them in that match? <laughs> um, but I, I gave this a D minus. I agree. I mean, you know, you want to make the Viking Raiders, and you're advertising the Viking Raiders as the new and vicious Viking Raiders, but yet you put them in the ring with two washcloths. I mean, come on. That was just totally ridiculous. Uh, I basically made that my bathroom match. Because I knew the minute I saw these two guys, it's like, ah, oh, the Viking Raiders are going to go right through them. Um, but I said, nah, this is going to be a quick match, so I'll wait till the match is over and then go to the bathroom. Yeah, so. we'll give we'll give the guys credit. The guys' names were 
Tommy Gibson, and Jim Mulkey. So we will give them their 32 seconds of fame on our show. Okay, Jim Mulkey. Yeah, could be related to Randy and Bill Mulkey, who were who were enhancement talent in WWE back in the uh, early to late 80s. Oh, actually, actually, it says here, WWE using Mulkey and Gibson as odes to both the Mulkey brothers and Robert Gibson of the Rock and Roll Express. Well, I... Oh, okay. I, wow, I didn't know that. That Well, I mean, I don't know a lot about those older guys, so... So I, did, I gave the match a D- as well. Okay. Borderline D- to an F. Right, then after that, the uh, Viking Raiders were just standing there. They weren't celebrating. They weren't doing anything. They weren't trying to look vicious. They were just standing there. Oh, and then Kofi Kingston attacked them both with kendo sticks, um, yep. which then led to a singles match between Kofi Kingston and Eric. Uh, I thought it was a decent match. I mean, you know, Kofi did get the win, which really kind of surprised me because I thought, you know, they were going to have the Viking Raiders just completely dominate. Right. You know, with the Viking Raiders and all, and with um, with Xavier Woods on the shelf, I don't see, uh, I see Kofi Kingston having a few more singles matches until he comes back, but... It, I, I thought it was a pretty uh, pretty decent match. Eric is, I think Eric is uh, really the brains behind um, the Viking Raiders and yeah. Ivar's the brawn. And uh, totally, but agree. I, I enjoyed the match. I, I gave it a B minus. Wow, that was very generous. Um, the match was okay. Don't get me wrong. I did like the match. Um, Eric showed that, you know, he is, you know, he's, he's good to match, pulled off some moves that, you know, I'm not that, I mean, he's the smaller, quote unquote, smaller of the two Viking Raiders. I know they announced him at a combined, um, I think they said 490 pounds or whatever, where I would imagine that, or no, 590 pounds, I think that's what it was. I would imagine that Eric's the 240 and Ivar's the 350 in this equation, whatever it may have been. Um, but yeah, Eric, Eric is good in the ring. I, you could see why when he was injured, they were, you know, weren't, you know, Ivar wasn't used. But they're supposed to be the new vicious Viking Raiders. And like you said, Eric should have dominated this match. Um, he should have put a beating on Kofi that has Kofi out for a couple weeks to then have a, a miraculous recovery time. Um, but no, just like before, 50-50 booking, let's give Kofi Kingston the win, um, by, you know, Trouble in Paradise. No. Um, by a DDT. No. By a frog splash. No. By a roll-up of death. Yes! That's how we'll have him win. Uh, I think that should be a move that should be outlawed 
you know, we we have this little conversation in our in our top rope page chat about banned words coming back. I think banned moves should be put into effect, and I think the robe of death should be one of them. Um, but I'm going to give this a, a D plus. I did not like it at all. I think there was no reason for Kofi Kingston to win that match. If you're going up against the new vicious Viking Raiders. Um, then after that, we came to the bloodline coming to the ring. Um, and I think they, they spared us because they actually went to a commercial break um, just as the bloodline got down to the ringside. And then when they came back, the bloodline, you know, came in the ring. Um, Greenville, South Carolina acknowledged Roman Reigns. And then after that, Roman Reigns, well, you know, started talking a little bit. If you're looking at the clock, it, it, you're like, well, how long can they talk? If this is supposed to be a face-to-face -face interaction with Drew McIntyre, what the hell, who, what, what's going on here? Then Drew McIntyre's music hits. Drew McIntyre comes down. Um, jeans and a t-shirt. No Angela with him. So I guess he only uses Angela when he's in his man skirt that he wears when he comes down to the ring. And, you know, <laughs> called him the, uh, sorry, the tribal queef, um, not the tribal chief, um, which I found hilarious and, and still think is quite funny. Um, and we're just talking about how, you know, there was, there's really no time to talk and it was time to fight. And then the arena started to get a little darker and we heard, well, music that was familiar to some people, not everybody. Um, I think there's still a lot of people, especially maybe in, you know, South Carolina, where maybe cable TV isn't as rampant as it is in the bigger cities or whatever. Um, you know... Maybe they're more into hunting and fishing than reading things on the internet or paying attention to NXT. So I think there are a lot of people that were confused because they, maybe they didn't recognize the music at first. Um, the camera was still very far away, so you, you kind of saw somebody standing there in the entranceway, but it was so far away that if you didn't know the music, you had no idea who that was. Right. And then all of a sudden, a man in a jacket attacked Drew McIntyre. Um, once again, obviously, those of us that knew ahead of time who it was because of the music, if you didn't, you were still kind of confused and baffled. This, what the hell? Is this another fan jumping the railing like that attacked Seth Rollins? And then the beating that he gave Drew McIntyre the way he was slamming Drew's head into the steps. I mean, it wasn't a little, you know, he was, I mean, obviously his hand and arm were in between the two, but he was smacking him up against those steps, then that forearm in the back of his head, and it was carrying cross. Um, 
once again, there was a mixed reaction from the crowd. I don't know if it's because they were stunned, if they were too excited, or if they just didn't know who this was. Um, then Scarlet comes down, puts the hourglass on the end of the ring apron, flips it over, and then they both slowly step away. Karrion Cross is standing right be behind Drew McIntyre and then points to Roman Reigns and then does this and just says tick-tock. Another exciting return of a former WWE wrestler um, that Triple H has brought back and after or during or whatever um, Nuggies News, we're definitely going to talk about more possibilities. I loved it. I, I, I wasn't watching it live because Friday's my normal thing is the Yankees are on. I record SmackDown as soon as the Yankees game is over. I then watch SmackDown. So I'm literally sitting here at the same table where I am just playing around on my phone. And I get a notification that just said he's back with an exclamation point. And I'm like, and then it's a doomsday returns. And I'm like, doomsday? I'm like, what the fuck is this? So then I clicked on the article and saw that it was carrying cross and freaked out. Um, wish I had seen it live because I would have had even a bigger reaction when I eventually watched SmackDown. Even though I knew what was going to happen, I still had the little tiny hairs in my arms and I just... I loved Karrion Cross as he was in NXT, but it was an abomishment to what they did to Karrion Cross and they brought him up. This is the way he should have been brought up. Coming up, attacking a big name, and and looking like a dominant person could be. Um, I'm. I mean, I'm going to give this an A. I loved every part of it. Sorry I went on for so long, but... Well, that was great. That was great. I enjoyed, I enjoyed your analysis on that. Um, I agree with the grade. The minute I saw the bird flapping on the screen, I knew who it was. Because I remember that from the last time. But when Karrion Cross was here, he's here now. Let's not make his gimmick stupid like last time. Like you said. Make him out to be the beast and the animal that he's portrayed to be. Scarlet, well, that's another story. I think she's just eye candy because she's really not going to get in the ring and wrestle. But right, yeah, that that's something that that little mug had asked a question as do we see her wrestling, and I'm like, no, not at all. Yeah, but I think Karrion Cross, Drew McIntyre, Karrion Cross, Roman Reigns, I think will be two great matches. When it comes to title matches, now that Karrion Cross is, is back, are they still going to put more emphasis on Drew McIntyre winning the title and then putting him against Karrion Cross? Because they're obviously, like you said in the past shows, they rarely put heel versus heel. Right. But I think Roman versus Karrion Cross would be a hell of a match. But See, Drew and Gary Cross would be a great match as well. Yeah. So I gave the promo an A as well. Okay. <laughs> so up until the ending, 
to me, it was an average to slightly below average SmackDown. Um, but, you know, once again, I had this conversation with a, a bunch of people at the uh, old folks home, if you want to say, yesterday with my mom. You could have a two-hour movie that was great for the first hour and 45 minutes and the last 15 minutes was a horrible ending and the movie sucked. Or you can have the opposite. You can have a movie that's kind of like, okay, for the first hour and 45 minutes and then have an ending that leaves you saying, oh my God, what the, what the, which then makes the movie good. And that was SmackDown. Um, it was average at best for the entire show until the last seven minutes and then to me gave the grade I, I'm gonna bump it up from what would have been a C minus to a B minus. Okay. Uh, first of all our super fan Jacob is tuning in. Thanks for tuning in, Jacob. Haven't seen you in a while. Um, I agree. Everything you said, Greg. Only I'm gonna give it a B plus. Oh, okay. But I thought the carrying cross thing just put it way over the top. Only because he came out the way he should be coming out. You know, that was a stupid red mask and then uh, the other goofy gimmick he had right. the last time he was here. That's why he didn't last long. And what surprised me when he came out was it was like, I just saw him in MLW like a week and a half, two weeks ago. And now all of a sudden he shows up. This is why I think Triple H is going to be better for WWE now because... I think he's going to be bringing back a lot of the released talent that Vince got rid of. Because it made it look, because I think they would rather work for Triple H than work for Vince. Because Triple H has been in the ring. Triple H knows. And that's how I feel. So, but I, I gave it a B plus the entire show. Okay. Alrighty. So that was our SmackDown recap. I want to thank everybody for all the comments that they put in. But right now, it's the best part of the show. My favorite part of the show. It's Nuggies News. So, Greg, take it away. Well, thank you, Trevor. I mean, it's going to be a brevi- an abbreviated um, Nuggies News because there's a lot of things in Nuggies News that we're just going to talk about or have talked about in general anyways. But first thing I want to start off with is... Um, not even sure how many people even knew, um, but former W, well, not former, but WWE Hall of Famer, um, Hacksaw Jim Duggan has been battling, um, has been having a battle with cancer. Um, it's something where he had it and then he relapsed or went in remission and then it came back. Well, I am happy to announce that Jim Duggan has rung the bell. He has completed his cancer treatments and has been determined to be cancer-free. Um, one of those lucky individuals that have beaten cancer. Um, so I do just want to, uh, you know, let those of you folks out there know that he is doing well. He's at home. Um, no longer resting, but living his life. Congratulations to Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Uh, all right. Um, 
and over here, um, well, I already talked about that, and I already talked about that last week. Um, as we saw on Monday Night Raw, Edge came back, and we we talked about his in-ring promo. And uh, although it being as quickly as it is, him aligning against the Judgment Day really is a two, if you include Rhea Ripley, a three-on-one affair. So I just pulled up this article, um... That lists five um, wrestlers, we'll say, that could align themselves with Edge to help him compete with the or against the Judgment Day. Um, so once again, in true Nuggies News fashion, I'm going to give you the name of the wrestler, and I want two num, you know, two expectations, you know, two grades. One is, do you think this person could join? And then the other grade is, how excited would you be? Or, you know, how, you know, would that make you feel if they were to align? First one, I think, is the obvious, with Rhea Ripley being involved. WWE Hall of Famer, Beth Phoenix. I would go seven and eight. Okay, so seven meaning seven would be... Likely to happen. Okay, all right. And eight, I would be excited to see it. Okay. Um, I would actually personally flip those numbers. I, I think with Rhea Ripley being Rhea Ripley with her size, I think... If he was to align himself with anybody, Beth Phoenix, I mean, hell, he brought back Beth Phoenix to go in a match against fucking Maurice. Uh, I mean, it, it, to yeah. me, it's almost a no-brainer. Um, yeah. But only because it's that much more expected, I, I, my excitement would be just that little lower. So I'd put the numbers to 8 to 7. Alright. Um, the other, reuniting with a former tag team partner... Ray Mysterio. Four and six. Joanne, thank you for tuning in. Jacob's mom is tuned in to watch. Mm -hmm. um, I'm actually going to go a little bit higher in the expectations only for the reason that Ray has had issues with the Judgment Day as well, obviously, as Edge. In Ray's little promo, he had mentioned how he and Edge were former tag team partners. So I'm actually going to raise that to about a 6.5. Um, excitement level on the two of them being together, I'll go straight up middle of the road and go 5. Okay. The next name on this list, Kevin Owens. Uh, I would go a five and a seven point five, only because Kevin Owens really doesn't have any issues with anybody on Judgment Day, so they would have to build something up with that. But I would go five and seven point five. Okay. 
Um, I agree with you. Right now, he has nothing going on against Damian Priest or Finn Balor. So, expect it? No, not at all. I would go as low as a two or a three. But, enjoying what Kevin Owens can do and has done in the ring Mm -hmm. actually would give me an excitement level of almost an eight. Um, if he got involved with Edge. Okay. The next one on the list is AJ Styles. Six and a half. Can I give two, can I give two numbers the same? You can do whatever you want. Six and a half and six and a half? Yeah, you can do whatever you want. Sure, great. All right. That's what I'm going. Six and a half, six and a half. Okay. Um, top number, first number I would give a little lower. I would give middle of the road five. Um, once again, it's a little bit like Kevin Owens, where he isn't, especially recently, he hasn't had anything going on against Enemy Judgment Day. Um, but I'd go a little bit higher on the back end, and I would go seven. Um, <laughs> the last name... That they put on this. Brock Lesnar. <laughs> One. Sorry. And seven. I, I would 250% agree exactly with those numbers. I know that currently they have nothing going on for Brock Lesnar. But why would you align Brock Lesnar with Edge to go against Damian Priest and Finn Balor? But if they did, <laughs> I, I definitely could get you know slightly behind something like that. So once again, I'll totally agree with the number one and number seven. Triv, once again, with that being Nuggies news, what may you have for the independent scene this week? Greg, August 13th, North, uh, Northeast Wrestling presents Dynasty. Their, their show coming up on August the 13th. They're featuring the main event as a 20-man over-the-top rope battle royal. Oh, okay. The only name I've got for the battle royal so far is Connecticut's own Ron Zombie will be competing in the battle royal. Also, on August the 20th, Blood, Sweat, and Tears Wrestling presents Mega Clash. It's at the YMCA Raffola Center on Central Avenue in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Doors open at 6 p.m. Bell time is at 7. And one of the featured matches will be Ryan Frost facing Matt Awesome. Oh, okay. I haven't got the full card yet on that one. This one here, everybody sit back and relax, because I got the full card for September 10th, Tough and Talented Wrestling, at 152 Litchfield Street in Torrington, Connecticut. It is their one-year anniversary. Oh, wow. And that will be at the Columbia Club on Litchfield Street in Torrington. Tickets are $20 for front row, $15 for general admission. The doors open at 
Bell time is at 6 p.m., which is kind of early for an indie show. I don't usually see too many independent shows starting at 6 p.m. Well, that's what what day of the week is that? Is that a Saturday? That is uh, September 10th. No, I think it's a Sunday. I'm not sure. September 10th is a Saturday. Saturday, okay. So when they gave me the, the card, they started off, but when I read the card, they started off with the main event first and then went down. I'm going to start from the bottom up and give you the main event last. Oh, okay. Um, there's one match, Ken Powers versus Tyler Brooks. Now, some of these names, you uh, you people such as myself, really don't, I've never heard of any of these wrestlers because I haven't been to very many indie shows recently, which I'm hoping it will change when next year starts. Go to a little bit, a few more shows. Then they're also having an eight-person all-out war where the winner will get a BST title shot. And some of those wrestlers appearing in that match are Jack Dalton, Jay Booley, The Cure, Lucas Chase. I'll get into Lucas Chase a little bit more towards the end of the show. Stevie Legend, Mike Skyros, Jiggy Sosa, Stan Michael and Landon Hale will be in that all-out war match. There's a tag team match. The faceless ones, Faith and Jocko, will go against a team called the Art of War. Jason Andrews and A.K. Willis. I've heard of A.K. Willis before. I understand he's a tremendous talent. There's also an eight-man tag team match. With Vashula, Zayden Lynn, American Kid, and Grappling Greg. Now, you might remember Grappling Greg from Joseph Von Schmidt's school in New Haven. Back in the day, he was, uh, he was part of that show. And they're going against Derek Conway, RJ Boom, Logan X, and Nate Nastic. I've heard of Nate Nastic, RJ Boom. We've seen wrestle a few times at uh, PAPW. He goes under a different name at PAPW. Um, there's a ladies' title match. The two T the two PW ladies' title as the champion Delilah Hayden will defend her title against Little Mean Kathleen. I've never seen either one of them wrestle, but I understand. That, De- that Delilah Hayden is one of the top lady wrestlers in that organization. Then there's a U.S. title match. Ryan Frost, just mentioned him, will be defending his title against Clipper Jones. Not the guy from the Braves. That was Clipper Jones. This will be Clipper Jones. Um, also, the two TW tag team champion, uh, the, no, the two TW title match will it will be little little greatness defending against Adrian Vine now I've seen Adrian Vine wrestle a few times uh, I w- I'm expecting Adrian Vine to take the title here but then again I've never seen little 
little great to wrestle, so I don't know. But Adrian Vine is championship material. And then the main event for the undisputed 2TW championship, the champion, Dan DeMann, squares off against, in a triple threat match, squares off against Cade, Lockrook, Slick Wagner Brown, and Connecticut's hardcore icon, Bull Dread. So that could be a knockdown dragout for the undisputed championship. Because yeah. Dan the Man and, and Bull Dread have had some issues in the past, and Bull Dread and Slick Wagner Brown have had their disagreements in the past. Absolutely. So anybody, so anybody looking forward to truly talented wrestling, September 10th? At the Columbia Club in Litchfield Street in Torrington, Connecticut. That is the show, and that is the entire card. Okay. <clears throat> One question. I've been waiting for the show to start so I can ask you. Oh, that's it? You don't have any other news? No, those are, those are just three shows that I, uh, that I have right now. Oh, because you had mentioned you were going to try and find out... Um, Information about Northeast Wrestling at the North Haven Fair. Oh, yeah, that's November 14th, but that's all I have right now. Uh, not November 14th, August 14th. Okay. But that's all I have right now. It's just it's going to be there at the North Haven Fair. Hopefully this week they'll put in... Uh, I know Bull Dredd's going to be there. Him and uh, Ron Zombie are teaming now, up as a reunion. Wait a minute. When did you say the North Haven Fair was? I was told August 14th. No, September 9th. Oh, September 9th, okay. September 10th, September 11th. <laughs> All right. And so September 12th. <laughs> thank, thank you for checking on that. There's going to be the reunited Dreaded Dead as a tag team. Ron Zombie and Bull Dread will be together as their old uh, now They may be team. doing a wrestling event August 14th at the North Haven Fairgrounds, but they're not listing any wrestling on their event calendar for the North Haven Fair at all right now. Nothing's listed. Oh, okay. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, uh, correct me on that. It is Sunday, September 12th. Northeast Wrestling okay. is listed as an event, so. Alrighty. But there's no other information other than Sunday, September 11th. Um... Is when Northeast Wrestling will be at the North Haven Fair. All right, go ahead. What's your question? All right. No. Um, two, things, two things, first of all. Okay. Um, I just want to mention, and I'll mention this again at the end of the show. Wednesday night, the Top Rope Report will be celebrating its 500th episode. Wait, you told me it was two weeks from now. No, it's Wednesday. No, that's not what you said on our last... When I talked to you personally, when we were, you know, met up on Friday, you said it was two weeks. We were going to, you did a promo on your phone that said in two weeks we hit 500 episodes. How all of a sudden is it now Wednesday? You're right. You're right. You're right. I made a mistake. I'll change the, the, the format that I have planned right now, which I will talk to you about. Um, 
the tag team tournament for the women. Well, well, no, 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 no. Go back to what's happening Wednesday. Or is, so now nothing's happening Wednesday? No, there's not going to be anything special Wednesday, just a show. Okay. Originally, uh, originally I was going to, I, I lost track of time somewhere. I don't know. There's, that's what's happened with me once in a while. My brain goes haywire. Um, I sent an invite out to two people to join us for the for the show on the 500th episode. I have a uh, definite yes on one of them, which is the bringing out there for PAPW and indie wrestling. Mr. Matt Court said he will be glad to join us, and the other one I sent out was. PAPW's Intercontinental Champion to cure Lucas Chase to talk to him about his upcoming matches that he has and I haven't heard back from him yet and um, so I'll talk with Greg off the air, you know, either today or tomorrow, whatever, during the week about uh, about the guests and, and the show itself. Alright. But now, getting back to this women's tag team tournament, it's going to be it's going to start tomorrow night on Monday Night Raw. Sorry, live 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 programming. I had to yawn and stretch. I apologize. <laughs> I, I know it's called the senior moment, Bill. I know. Um, Alka Seltzer's, Alkaheimer's. That's it. I was reading somewhere on Sportskeeda. That WWE is obviously putting the tag teams together because I don't think there's a set legitimate tag team. And it said WWE is putting the tag teams together. And some of the names that they put together, I'd like to get your opinion on if it's a possibility. Um, one of the, the two women that they mentioned on one team is Lacey Evans and Natalia. Uh, what do you what do you think about that team? Uh, possibility or excitement or both? Both. Uh, possibility one point five, excitement negative two. Okay. Shotzi and Aaliyah. Well, I mean, I guess I can. I I'd have to say the possibilities are endless. What they can do. Um. But I'll give that a two and a negative zero point five. Okay. EO Sky and Dakota Kai. Um ten on expectations and I'll say right now because I look at that really being the only tag team that they have together, I'll say a seven. Alright. The other one that they mentioned was a possibility of Ronda Rousey reuniting with Shayna Baszler. That, um... I'll... At this point, I'd have to go middle of the road. um, Because I'm not 100% convinced that... Um, WWE is going to pull the plug on Liv being a champion so I could see Ronda aligning herself with Shayna. So I'll go a six on that. 
And that's something that I had mentioned a while ago um, when Ronda first came back months ago when she was going to be wrestling Charlotte, that if Charlotte won, I think a good thing for them to do would be to put Shayna and Ronda together as a tag team and be a formidable tag team. So I would say nine. All right. And the final two that they talk about putting together... Sasha Banks and Naomi. Returning Sasha Banks and Naomi. I'm right now I'm gonna give that um an incomplete because there's nothing stating that they are back to quote unquote active duty. Um I actually had a had a little thing in here about Naomi. Um it was believed that Sasha is still under contract with WWE, but Naomi's contract had expired um, while they were away. Whether WWE put a freeze on her contract or not, nobody knows. So, who knows with her. Um, so, I'm going to give it an incomplete and then really own... I, I mean, I'll give it, I'll give it a 5.5. Only because they were an established tag team, but I didn't like them together. I didn't. I don't like. I don't think Naomi. I mean, is she athletic? Yes. Is she a good wrestler? No. Does anything she do in the ring excite me? No. Her big fat ass bumping into somebody's a finishing move is stupid. You know, you see a list of worst finishers in all time and. You know, they give the the people's elbow and the five-knuckle shuffle or Hogan's leg drop. How about Naomi's ass cheeks? I mean, what the fuck is that? How's that finishing move? So I never really cared about Naomi and actually felt bad for Sasha that they paired the two of them together. So I'll go just a little bit above middle of the road there and, like I said, go 5.5. All right. But I'm kind of interested in seeing how they're going to, you know, do the tag team tournament. You had mentioned it a while back on the show that, uh, you know, you thought that, uh, I I could be wrong, but I thought it was something where you'd like to see them bring the tag team titles back for the women, providing they get enough tag team. No, I don't want, no. I never said I wanted them to bring the tag team titles. I thought they should just get rid of them. And what I've always said was, take, right now, we'll say take Liv against Bianca, unification, quote-unquote unification bout, and the winner of that match is the women's WWE, you want to call it a heavyweight champion, you can, but women's WWE champion. That can go back and forth to either brand, like... The tag team titles would have. And then you take a war, the Raw Championship and the SmackDown Championship and make those your equivalents to the Intercontinental and U.S. title and leave those as brand-specific. That's what I've always said I would like to see. I think the tag team division is a joke. There are no tag teams. They got rid of any tag team that they had and then tried putting tag teams together. Right now, if you look at the roster, 
Okay, I'll even say assuming Sasha and Naomi have agreed to come back, and that's why now they're doing this tournament. You would have Sasha and Naomi, Dewdrop and Nikki A.S.H. Realistically, those are your only established tag teams. I mean... Everybody else has to go together. Right. I mean, you could say, okay, Dakota Kai and Io Sky... I mean, I guess you could say, um, I don't know, who the, was it Tamina and Natalia? I mean, I'm sure if they do a tag team tournament, they're going to be in it. But who else, everybody else are just kind of throwing together. I mean, you know what, it's going to be, I mean, they're doing the first, well, it starts this Friday or this month, tomorrow. What? what I mean, what are you going to see? Are you going to see... Dakota Kai and Io Sky against Dana Brooke and Alexa Bliss. I mean, what are they going to... I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do what they're going to do with this. I'm going to throw out two names. They were formed, They were established as former as, tag, as women's tag team champions before. And uh, kind of lost the titles and one of them went by the wayside. Possibility of maybe seeing Zelina Vega and Carmella team up again? Well, Zelina Vega, as far as I know, last I knew she was still recovering from an injury. I don't know. I know she's changed her look. Her hair is totally different. Um, she was barely recognizable in the picture that I saw. And the only reason oh. why I knew it was her is because it was on Instagram and it was her personal account. Um, but it was a picture. Of, it was a picture of her and her husband. Um, Malachi Black or whatever the fuck he is over at AEW. Yeah. <laughs> Alistair Black, yep. But yeah, I, I don't know if they're gonna... I, I mean... I, I know that any time they went King of the Ring or Queen of the Ring or whatever the hell they called it, any tournament that they've ever... I mean, even the Mixed Mech Challenge, when they started it, they showed the entire brackets. So I'm very interested if they've been able to come up with, uh, maybe it's eight teams, 16 women that are going to be involved. Um, are we going to see Toxic Attraction? Are, are we going to see NXT tag teams come up to help fill out this tournament? Uh, I almost think you kind of have to. Right. But are they going to release the entire bracket, or is it just going to be, you know, match this week, and we'll worry about the yeah. next match on Friday on SmackDown when we come up with, you know, four more women for two more teams for one match? Yep. Do match by then. Do match by match. Right. But uh, but I'm interested to see how they're going to work it, and uh, you know, just to see. You know, I mean, even though it is the women's tag team title, you know, it is another title to focus on and not be able to use, like they're doing with the IC title. I can't remember the last time the IC title was defended, whether it's on a pay-per-view or on TV. Um, well, Gunther, three weeks ago. Okay, still three weeks. Three weeks is a long time. Uh, but which goes to show you... When was the last... Well, I mean... We never see Roman Reigns defend. When was the last time you saw Bianca Belair defend on TV? 
Well, I mean, did you get to see those once every month? I mean, so Gunter defending three weeks ago is less than a month. True. So, but yeah, I mean, anything, uh, I know they only have, uh, to my knowledge, I've only heard Drew McIntyre versus Roman in Clash of the Castle. Do they have well, anything else? I thought, we thought first we were, you don't want to finish talking about Monday Night Raw? Tomorrow? Well, just, to my knowledge, I just know about the tag team tournament. What else is going on for Raw? Well, Bobby Lashley is defending against Ciampa tomorrow. Bobby Lashley, Ciampa, yeah. That was announced last week after the two triple threat matches. And then it was announced that Rey Mysterio is taking on the quote-unquote leader of Judgment Day um, in Finn Balor. Um, so, obviously, in this match, this is when... Um, Damian Priest gets involved, and Edge comes down, and then Rhea Ripley gets involved, and Beth Phoenix comes down, and then that article is right, because there'll be a six-person match at Clash at the Castle of Rey Mysterio, Edge, and Beth Phoenix against the Judgment Day. <laughs> but I really think that Ciampa, Bobby Lashley will be a good match. And I'm not with Triple H being in charge. In charge, I'm not saying Ciampa's gonna beat him tomorrow, but I wouldn't be surprised if after if this turns into a little feud between the two, where at the end of the feud, Ciampa is the champion. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me either. But I really think this is going to be a, a, a good program between these two. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is Ciampa ready for some kind of title run? I thought he's always been ready. And now he's got a chance to prove it against Bobby Lashley. And like yes. you said, it's probably not going to be tomorrow or the next match or the next match. But when they finally decide... And say, hey, you know, we're going to end the feud right here with this last match. Then that's when Chomp is going to take the title. So, I, to I totally, 100% agree. And then, now I'm actually... And this is the other thing about Monday Night Raw. Now, with what happened on SummerSlam and what happened on SmackDown, I am now looking forward to tuning into Monday Night Raw to see what else might happen. Yep. To see who else may show up. Um, and, you know, I mean, obviously right now, the number one ex expected return on the list, if we had like a mock draft or, you know, whenever they do a draft, they say, okay, next best available. Um, right. I think Sasha Naomi is the one, or, well, quote-unquote, two names that everybody is expecting to be announced or, or be the next surprise return. But if you had if you had five hundred bucks to put down on another name that could make a return, now not talking fantasy wise, not saying that, you know, Adam Cole's gonna get an out from his contract and come back, a legitimate real possibility, somebody that 
you know what, you have 500 bucks that you're betting. This is your next 500 bucks that you would get earning from work, but you have to put that down on one other, other than Sasha Naomi, to come back. Who would you put your money on? Charlotte. She's under contract. She's not a, she's not in. Oh, this that, one that's not under contract. Yeah, okay. you know, somebody like Dakota Kai, you know, carrying cross, not just a person that's just been sitting at home tanning after getting married. Well, if that's the case, then I would probably say, and I probably, I'd probably end up losing the $500 because I think the chances of him showing up right now are pretty slim. Then why would you bet it on that? I, once again, this isn't fantasy booking, Mike. This is realistically who could you see them bringing back? Not just some wild card. Bray Wyatt. See, that's a wild card. That's not, I mean, in my opinion, that's not happening. Who do you see him bringing back? Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae. I see him bringing them back together. And I can see it as a, because right now, I mean, I think there's already an an automatic storyline that you could have with Johnny Gargano on the main roster. Because what is gonna what is going on right now? If Karrion Cross is now back and is gonna be possibly in the title picture, whether it be Roman, Drew, or both, what do you have for a feud for Mr. Money in the Bank? Right. And him and, and him and Johnny Gargano would be a good feud. They have their history, so Johnny Gargano comes back to confront Mr. Money in the Bank. I think that could be a, a, a you know a, a set up story to sell itself to get Johnny Gargano back into you know well on the main roster but back into a legitimate feud in WWE. Right, and even though he uh, he's got something going on with Lashley right now, you still got Johnny Gargano and Ciampa that have had issues in the past. In yeah, the but I, I don't yeah, see that happening. Yeah. But I'm just throwing right. out the two names. Right. And Bobby Lashley also has something that was going on in theory. So, you know, you could see maybe a theory, Champa, Bobby Lashley, Johnny Gargano tag team. <laughs> and who do you think they would put against Candice LeRae? Oh, nobody right now. She's not main roster ready. Oh. She That's she'd be like she she'd be like Scarlet. She's not main roster ready. Unless you possibly re United her with Indy Hartwell and then put them in a you know the tag team division because you're gonna need tag teams in the division. Right. So, but that if I had five hundred bucks and I was told you have to bet this money, and I wanted to make sure I was able to recoup my money, that's who my money would go on. All right. Now. Excitement level, who would I want them to see? That once again, legitimately, that would have an opportunity because they're not an AEW, they're not aligned with Impact, um, would be Bray Wyatt. I, I totally agree with that. But I think that's more of a wild card. That's more of I have 500 bucks to blow because it's extra, you know, big deal. I can put it on you know, the Baltimore Orioles winning the World Series because they're a 1,500-to-1 type bet to me. 
But if it was real money that if I, you know, that I needed, you know, taken out of my check that I get every month, where if I wasn't right, I lost it. I, I I would bet on somebody like Johnny Gargano being next. Alrighty. So, Clash at the Castle. Clash at the Castle, yes. Uh, I, I guess to my knowledge right now, I've only heard of Drew McIntyre versus Roman. Well, you're wrong. Well, that's I'm not saying that's not all you heard of, but obviously you didn't watch SmackDown then. Yeah. We just talked about SmackDown. Mm-hmm. There was a championship contender gauntlet match for Liv Morgan's next opponent at Clash of the Castle. Shayna against Liv Morgan. Yes. And then there is one other match that has newly been added. Hold on. I need to make sure I get this correct. (laughs) It is TBA and TBA versus TBD and TBD. Tag team match for the vacant women's tag team championship. This is the finals of the women's tag team championship tournament. So we now know when the tournament starts tomorrow. And we now know that at Clash at the Castle, it'll be Io Sky and Dakota Kai versus Sasha Banks and Naomi. I mean, it'll be two unnamed tag teams. Right. right now, wrestling in the finals at Clash at the Castle. Well, I think we should talk to Little Nug about who he thinks is going to win because he said something about Carrying Cross coming back. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Are we reading that on our on our page uh, last night? Just like, oh my god. Yep, he he picked it. You you know somebody in WWE, don't you? <laughs> so. But right now, those are the three scheduled for Clash at the Castle? Yes. Okay. I mean, I can, right now, I mean, if, oh, excuse me, um, on Raw tomorrow, we have the U.S. title being defended. On Friday Night SmackDown, we have the IC title being, you know, defended. Do you see any matches... Of these two matches having circumstances end or continue on to be at Clash of the Castle? Yeah, I think uh, Chaka Lashley would be a good candidate for Clash of the Castle. Well, I didn't say good candidate. Do you see something happening tomorrow, Monday Night Raw, that will lead to this match also being at Clash of the Castle? And then same thing with the match on Friday. Yeah, this, uh, I think that there's going to be, like, no winner in the Lashley-Champa match where something's going to happen where there's no clear-cut winner and they're going to have to rematch at Clash at the Castle. So they'll wait three more weeks for a rematch that's on a Monday Night Raw tonight. Or tomorrow night. Oh, that's the only thing I can think of. I mean... Other than that, I, uh, and the match on Friday, Gunther and Nakamura, uh, I think that's going to be added to Clash of the Castle. I think that match should be more likely added than Bobby Lashley Ciampa. 
Um, I see Ludwig getting involved somehow, so this is a disqualification or, or something um, leading to, unfortunately, or fortunately, according to you, unfortunately, because you don't like more than one or two matches between wrestlers. Um, there'll be another match next Friday between Gunther and Nakamura that something will happen and eventually will lead up to a match with Gunther against Nakamura with Ludwig Kaiser being banned from the ring and it just being a straight-up one-on-one match at in the, in the UK, um, which is obviously United Kingdom is closer to Germany where Gunther is from. Um, so I think that would be the eventual outcome of that. I, I, I on it, a part of me thinks the Bobby Lashley Champa thing will be. I mean, it, it'll it'll carry on past tomorrow, but I just don't see that being a match they're going to focus on um, to put over in you know the UK. All right, let me ask you a question. You had mentioned something about uh, big Kaiser possibly getting involved and causing a disqualification. Do you think we're going to see Ludwig Kaiser? Get involved and cost Gunther the title. I'm not saying it'll happen on Friday, but do you see that happening eventually, or? Um, no, because I think they're really gonna focus on giving a big, serious push to Gunther with the IC title. Okay. Because I figured Ludwig Kaiser would want to get back at him with all the chops he gave him and everything. Yeah, but I mean, nah, I think it's. Because I, I don't think right now you can make either character a face. And one of them would have to be a face after that. Right. Right now, I think Walter is the perfect heel. Um, so I would think between the two of them, it would be, e- quote-unquote, easier to put Gunther as the face. But I think he's just doing too good of a job as, as a monster heel. All right. <coughs> Oh, all righty. So that uh, that uh, would give us uh, some pretty good options for Clock uh, in the Castle, which is September 3rd, right? Labor Day weekend? Yes. Saturday, uh, Labor that, Day weekend. That's in, Car- that's in Cardiff, Wales. And uh, so we're definitely going to be uh, looking forward to see who else we're going to add to that card. Yep. Um, Anything else you want to add, Greg? Um, well, I don't know if you wanted to talk AEW for a moment or two and, and what you know what you think possibly the quote-unquote impact of Triple H now running creative for WWE means to AEW. Well, I... he's going to bring anybody over from AEW to WWE. I don't see that happening. Do I see the two of them, you know, maybe collaborating on a card together? No. No. I don't no, that's, that's, that no. It's not what I'm, it's not what I'm referring to, but. Um, but how do I think it's going to affect AEW? I think it's going to affect AEW a lot. Because I think Triple H is good for ratings. I think, uh, like you said a couple weeks ago, 
up until they go to Monday Night Football, I think Monday Night Raw is going to get some really good ratings. SmackDown is going to get some good ratings as well if they keep going in the direction they're going. You know, you bring back Kerry Cross, possibility of Sasha and Naomi. That's not definite yet. But I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna hurt AEW ratings wise with Triple H now running the show. Okay. Um... I think, and I'm not going to take credit for this, um, what's the word I'm looking for, example, or, but for a while now, you know, AEW, or WWE was always up here, and AEW was down here, and then it, you know, WWE was, you know, losing people, um, some just weren't re-signing just when their contract ended and some after they, you know, decided to leave WWE, decided to go to AEW. Um, some that were released decided, you know, okay, you know, WWE got rid of me. I'm going to go to AEW. Um, so AEW was, you know, creeping up on WWE. Um, Dynamite's ratings were getting just over, you know, one to one point two million, and you know, three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand viewers is is within striking distance of the flagship wrestling show of Monday Night Raw. Triple H went in there and saw that AEW is getting closer, and took a crowbar and started to pry it, and then took a sledgehammer and just. Put it straight through AEW. Um, and part of my thing is is AEW's response to Triple H taking over is on their quote. And, and they promoted. They were doing a live Friday night rampage. Now, you went to an AEW show, you went to it, and you saw that they typically tape Rampage either before or after they broadcast Dynamite. Yep. They'd been advertising that they were doing live. Rampage was going to be live, but it was from Grand Rapids, what, South Dakota, or wherever it was. So it was 8 o'clock their time, which is perfect for the East Coast, which is 10 o'clock. The main event was John Moxley defending his inter interim heavyweight title against some guy Dwayne Mentz. Who the fuck is that? Not even and this is the thing is he's not even a wrestler that was that is in the ROH or AEW roster. He's a very prominent independent wrestler from that area of the country. So maybe people in North Dakota, South Dakota, Idaho, Montana know who this gentleman is. But who else knows who he is? And why is he wrestling for a title? You have all these other people in their locker room former WWE, uh, you have ROH people, you 
You could have pulled anybody. Yep. And that's the, that was AEW's response to Triple H bringing back Dakota Kai, surprising with Bailey, EO Sky, a returning edge, carrying cross. That's AEW's response. So that shelf that used to be this close, you could barely put anything in. You can now put a Volvo in between the two shelves as far as I'm concerned. It, it just, WWE is once again totally separated themselves from AEW. To, I mean, not that AEW was ever a really formidable threat, but now it's... It's like it's like that that little bug that's in your rearview mirror that you can no longer see. Yep. With Triple H being in control. I think it's AEW is gonna be like, well, we're gonna throw this on the table. Triple H is like, okay, I'll see that and I'll rate you this. Yeah, but and it's all, it, it's like if you want to use that comparison, WWE is putting. $10,000 bets in the high roller suite and AEW is searching around for the $10 chip table in the main part of the casino. Yep. They're just not, right now in my opinion, they're just not in the same stratosphere as WWE. And with the potential of what Triple H can do from here, AEW's nothing to him. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen. But I said earlier, when AEW first came out, and somebody had asked me about it, I told them, I said, I don't think AEW's going to last a year. Well, that was four years ago. Yeah, they lasted a little bit longer than that. They're not close. They're not even close to going under. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not saying AEW's going to be out of business. But right. once again, it's no longer, um, you know, it, it now once again it is, you know, fast food. You think fast food, the first thing you think of is McDonald's. Two years ago, Subway promoted that they then had more individual locations worldwide than McDonald's. That was great. You know, okay, McDonald's is still McDonald's, and Subway has closed 25% of his locations since that point in time. That's the perfect comparison in my eyes. Yes, AEW was at one point looked like, oh my God, oh my God, look who's now there. I mean, you know, Brian Danielson, Adam Cole, Ember Moon, Tony Storm, oh wait a minute, Sasha Banks is the next one that's known. Nope, she'll be on either Monday Night Raw or SmackDown this week. She's not going to AEW. You know, right. so, oh, Charlotte's going to leave WWE and go with her husband. Under, nope. nope, nope, sorry. AEW doesn't have... Now, does Tony Khan have enough money to pay Charlotte Flair the same money she's making in WWE? Absolutely. Absolutely. Where do these superstars make their extra money, Mike? Um, um, 
and everything else. The uh, merchandise. Merchandise. I couldn't think of the word. WWEshop.com. Yep. Will sell more product this month than AEW will sell in a year. Plain and simple. I mean, yep. if you're looking to, and I'm just going to use just a straight number, $1 million a year, great. I don't know what AEW does. I know some WWE, you get bonuses for TV time, pay-per-view buys, you get a percentage of this, percentage of that. But you definitely get a percentage of all your merchandise sales worldwide. Let me repeat that last part worldwide. Yep. So once again, this whole thing with Triple H now taking over, it's just putting the major leagues back where they were and the minor leagues back where they belonged. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, all righty. Well, it was a great show today, Greg. Yes, it was. Uh, with that being said... I don't have anything else to add. I don't know if you do as well, if you want to add anything else to the to the mix. No, other than I can finally go to the bathroom now. All right, so on behalf of the <laughs> Dumpster Greg, this is the illustrious Mr. Trivia for the Top Rope Report saying thank you all for tuning in, and we'll see you on Wednesday. You need and in case you missed it, that's the Boston Glow's entrance theme. Will we hear that on Monday? Will we hear that on Friday? Will we ever hear it? Tune in to the next episode of Top Rope Report, where we'll let you know.